Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I chat with Victoria Flores, the founder of the Solidarity Fridge. That's a whole ass refrigerator and food pantry she decided to put in her front yard in 2020. Two years later, with food assistance benefits about to decrease drastically this month, the community needs the fridge now more than ever. We're going to talk about what works, why it works, and her belief that people deserve access to nutritious foods, no questions asked. It's Thursday, April 6th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Good morning, Victoria. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. <laughs> Good morning, Vogue. Thank you for having me. Of course. I love seeing your face. So what inspired you to, to start Solidarity Fridge rather than, say, organize a donation drive to one of the big food banks that we have out here in Vegas? Mm. So we were in the pandemic. And I was going with Las Vegas DSA to the historic West Side mm -hmm. to do some food shares there. And on my own, I was already doing food shares in my community. But when I went to California, I ended up seeing some community action out there. And it just hit me that, you know, we needed this in our own communities. And I felt like that was one of the best ways of impacting my community was to invest in it. So I, I think what a lot of, of people realized during the pandemic and throughout, you know, time is we realize that there's these structures and systems in place that, that don't consider life. They consider profit over, over people, over wellness, over our community, and of mm. course, over earth. So I feel like we live in a very exploitive society. And that was my way of being in community and, and uplifting our community. So if somebody is coming up to your house, because really you decided to put a refrigerator in front of your house, <laughs> which is next level. But if somebody's driving past your home, what are they going to see and, and how is it like decorated? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny because I notice when people drive by, like if they haven't seen the pantry before, I notice the double takes they do. And they're, you know, it kind of catches them off guard. But also it's pretty cool because when we started the pantry, before we launched it, I went around to my community members. I literally boots on the ground with a team to go talk to them and pretty much tell them the idea that we had, but it wasn't just to notify them, but to ask them to be engaged with it. Like, hey, this is something that's needed in our community. East Las Vegas, it's underserved. It gets forgotten. You know, would you help me fill this pantry up? And would you be a part of this? So they were given a heads up and, you know, my neighbors were the first ones to, to fill the pantry before everyone found out about it. Right now it's located outside of my residence on, on the side of my house. And there's literally a pathway where people can just walk up, pick up food, pick up any resources that are out there, free of charge, uh, no questions asked. 
and people come throughout the day and get the whatever items they need. And it's right. it's a pantry with a fridge literally plugged up so it can hold cold items. We also have a library and a seed box now, thanks to other community members that have incorporated things that they, they are passionate about. So people... People are going to want to donate to the fridge because it's an awesome cause. But I know sometimes people want to empty out their whole entire pantry, put everything in there. But is that helpful? Like what types of food are the most useful to the community? Yeah. So a part of it being a diverse community, that also means that that we make all types of foods accessible. So cooked meals, we actually accept cooked meals if they're labeled and then the allergy contents are labeled. The date, of course. I mean, people leave messages on them. Those are always great to have. I mean, there's nothing like opening a fridge and then there's a message from the person that made it. And just, you know, that, that affirmation, you know, like, hey, you matter. Hey, this was cooked with love. Or, hey, this was used with ingredients from my garden. It's not just about donating any types of food. While people do need um, all types of foods and eat all types of foods, I I try to encourage veggies and fruits as much as we can because of the food desert and the health disparities we have in our community. Another thing is household items. Not everyone, you know, has household items that they can cook with. So we have to think about our most vulnerable uh, people, and sometimes those are unhouse folks. So it's travel packets, it's snack packages, it's individualized foods that they can take on the go. One thing we have at the pantry is a can opener. So, mm. you know, even if there are things that they need help with opening, that's available there. People leave utensils, napkins, even as far as pet food. There's also menstrual products, Mm -hmm. hygiene products. So during the winter, we push for winter items, mittens, hand warmers. We even got tents, blankets. What? People request items. So that's a part of this too. It's not just like, okay, we're putting things that we think you need. No, like there's a, a clipboard and people will leave messages. Usually they're messages. And then sometimes we'll get requests and then we'll do our best to honor them. And uh, the community support has been invaluable. And I wouldn't be able to do this alone. So I I can't take full credit. While I provide the space, everyone contributes from donations to sharing to even you guys having me on. And now more people will know about it. Do you ever worry about people emptying the fridge because they're facing such intense scarcity? Like, is that honor system a workable one in the face of so much trauma? Mm. <laughs> yes, multiple times I've had to uh, have conversations with people and people about the situation, but I feel like that stems from my own scarcity issues, you know, like, oh my gosh, like mm. it's so hard to fill it. For me, it's also like decolonizing our mind, letting go of that control because that's the the purpose of the pantry of letting it be so free and open is, you know, we don't know their circumstances. Who am I to say like that they're taking too much? Like, I don't know if they're gifting it to their neighbors. I don't know if they're gifting it to a senior, um, to how many children are in their homes. 
that's not for me to decide. So I think a part of that was having those conversations and then also seeing that me trying to control those things was a part of a colonial kind of thinking, so to speak. Mm. And you... I can't get over the fact that you run this the solidarity fridge from your front yard. Uh, it's like the biggest trip to me. <laughs> that's been a that's been a convenience for sure. <laughs> but how have your neighbors responded? And like, are you coming up? What issues have come up from running like a big public resource out of your private home? Hmm. I wouldn't say issues. I mean, we've had the city come down, obviously, to inspect, which is it's it's great. We should be up to par. And, you know, we, we make sure that whoever helps out, that we keep it clean. We keep the temperature up kept. We have conversations with our neighbors too. Like when we first started, some of the conversations were, okay, well, there's a lot of people coming through the neighborhood. So it's in terms of conversations, I feel like even those uncomfortable ones need to happen. And are are necessary, you know. There's unhoused people in our community, and they're actually a part of our community. They're not separate from it. So that's what I would say that that's been brought up. But while they they can be uncomfortable, I do feel like they're necessary because that expands our consciousness and our our ways of thinking as a community as a whole. And not just like, oh, okay, this is my street. You know, I'm protective of it. I'm scared, you know, living in that fear instead of it. It's like we're taking care of each other. It's just that human decency and compassion. I remember I went to the, it was one of the, the celebrations kind of at the garden in the back, but I remember parking and being like, yo, this is, this is a dense neighborhood. Like it's multiple <laughs> houses, it's multiple trees. Like I can see the neighbor's backyard mm-hmm. from this yard. It's, it's lit. So why do you think this works in your neighborhood? What's the magic over there on the east side? I think it's the culture. It's, uh, we have a heavily, you know, indigenous Mexican population over here. And, you know, we get together. So if they're having parties at midnight, I think they're going to be okay with me drumming in the back or me having a gathering of poetry and music. In fact, like my neighbors peek their head out every time, you know, they see us and then that starts conversations. And then I get to hear about their lives and their farming background and then their ancestors and where they come from. Mm. That's what I would say helps over here, our culture. We weren't meant to do life alone. And I know in certain areas in the valley, there's HOAs and people want it quiet at, at a certain time. And it's yes, it's having that respect. But I do feel like we are, we're gatherers over here. On right. The side. Yeah. It was big. It was big quince energy. I, now I remember, yeah. now I can like, because I grew up, I grew up with like a lot of Mexican families nearby and they were, they basically were like, I had like seven more tias. So, yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. was like, oh, what is this energy that I feel? Why is this familiar? It's community. Yes, for sure. And I want to, 
I wanted to also talk about the fact that it's already looking ugly <laughs> for, for food insecurity. But I know that Nevadans who received additional food assistance throughout the pandemic are seeing those benefits reduced by up to 90 percent starting this month. So how do you expect that to impact the Solidarity Fridge? I feel like community support will always be needed. But the inflation, these prices for just food alone, I've seen it with my own eyes how the pandemic has quote unquote ended, but food insecurity hasn't. And it's a shame that the the production of food is at a mass level, but then there's a ton of food waste as well. Mm. So I feel like Yes, it it impacts individuals who are on food stamps and getting the supplemental monies for food. But in in terms of how it impacts Solidarity Fridge, that's where the community work comes in, right? That's where restaurants or businesses who, who are throwing out food, that's where that action comes in. So there's enough food to feed people. It's just redistribution of it. Not only that, we've been talking a lot about the pantry, but a part of the pantry is our garden now. So we are promoting growing our own food so that we're self-sustainable and teaching, you know, teaching our children, teaching our community, these life skills so that they don't have to worry about being on food stamps. They don't have to worry about other systems in order to survive. I went to um, a career day at a school and that was one of the things that I, I, I loved telling the kids about, like, you know, these were traditions that, that our family members practice and it's important for us to carry it on no matter what job or career we get into. Like we should know how to grow our own food. It's a basic essential that we need. And for us to have to rely on these systems that, that can reduce at any moment, that, that could be taken at any moment, that's scary. Yeah. So growing our own food is, is to me, next level. And us going back to reclaiming and reconnecting and re- revitalizing practices, taking our power mm. back. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like a food for freedom. How do you hope the, the Solidarity Fridge grows in the next five years? Mm. I want this to be a demonstration. This journey has allowed me to to slow down, to slow live. Even though we do a lot of programs and events, it's a way of life for me. A part of it is just remembering what our ancestors did and centering community in all that we do. Thinking of my children and how this impacts them and, you know, our community and the people behind us that we learn from and then the people that will come after us. So I see this as a demonstration and a connection so that people can can do their own thing. Maybe a garden is not for everybody, but maybe they'll connect with someone here that that aligns with, you know, their vision or maybe it's the arts that we incorporate or the poetry that we share. So it's expansion for, for me, but it's it's also a way of life for me and what we share. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Victoria Flores, for being on CityCast Las Vegas and for doing this good work. I can't wait to get up out there and do some good things with you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. If you want to learn more about how you can help Victoria and the Solidarity Fridge, visit thesolidaritifridge.org for ways to get involved. Now let's sign off today with some updates from Carson City. First up, State Senator Dina Neal is pushing a bill to update Nevada's sales tax by including taxes on ebooks, streaming services, and the like. Right now, the tax only applies to tangible objects. The last two times Neal has proposed this bill, it didn't even get a hearing. Also, did you know that over the past two years, 27 trains derailed in Nevada? Now some lawmakers have introduced a bill to shorten the lengths of our trains. Some of these trains are three miles long, but this new law would cut them down to about a mile and a half. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you learned something new happening in your community today and want to share, go ahead and send this episode to a friend. You can also show us some love by rating the show, leaving us a review, and subscribing to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. Particular food, because we do have people that... um, I'm going to pause you real quick, because we can't pull the dog okay. <laughs> sound. so we gotta wait for the dog to be uh get over his feelings sir is he okay. done <laughs> what's your dog's name biggie biggie <laughs> of course it is <laughs>